Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Jazz Craze Talk. Um, and thank you for joining us on joining us on um, December twelfth, twenty twenty two. And it is going to be me, John Tyre, and Kurt Roscoff. Um, today. Uh, please be sure to share and subscribe to any of our pages, groups, uh, channels, anything, wherever you found us. Um, so let's get going to the show. Um, so I'd like to start out with uh, hey John to see about what your, your thought was that you were saying, but then... Um, pass it over to Kurt so Kurt can say a little bit before um, please. I guess uh, I got a couple of uh, ideas and views on um, Christian uh, Christ talk. I'm involved in a lot of Christian apologetics, so and if you don't know what apologetics, that means uh, doesn't mean you're apologizing for anything. It means that you're you're actually digging deep into some of the issues and talking about them, and uh, in a deep way, and how you can uh, tell people what the hope you have for your your life being a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I think thought it would be interesting, and uh, we talked earlier on um, our mental health podcast about an hour ago about this is a tough time of the year for a lot of people, and we were inviting people to come and uh, hang out with us and, and connect with us, and we could all talk together, especially if you have depression problems and things like that. But this one is going off in a little bit different direction. And um, uh, there was a couple of things that were occurring around the birth of Jesus that I don't think a lot of people think about in great detail. Um, one of them was the war that was swirling around um, the birth of Christ and around all that and the, the, the war that the angels were having to fight. I know that... Uh, Angels showed up to the um, the guys with the sheep herders that were out there uh, and and told them what was coming down. But I don't think people realized there was a massive war, probably the biggest wars in heaven and, and hell uh, that was occurring right at that time because they wanted to destroy uh, this new baby. I don't know if they... they um, the evil ones actually understood who Jesus was completely, but I think they uh, were for a, a rude awakening. So I think he, they realized that this baby had a real significance to the human race. And if they could snuff out that life or kill it um, whenever they could, uh, obviously uh, King Herod had. Uh, tried to have all the babies up to three years old uh, killed. So there, obviously, for him to understand that, I think something had to be whispering in his ear. So I think there was this uh, massive, I think it'll be very interesting to find out all that was going on and the war that was really being raged. Um, I find that interesting. Um, because, um, you know, um, they knew that something really big was about to happen. And for the next 33 years, uh, something big was happening to the human race. You know, here we have an opportunity to, um, you know, find out Jesus who is God in the flesh. Um, he is, the Bible talks about that he takes on the form of God and we can see what he looks like. And then for 33 years, 
this war would uh, rage all around him and that he would have to deal with uh, certain aspects. Obviously, when he took on his ministry and he had to go into, uh, into the desert all by himself, he had a face-to-face -face confrontation with Satan. But I think there was uh, the rest of the horde, because uh, it said one-third of the angels went to hell. So I think uh, a lot of them uh, knew that something uh, was about to transpire that they did not want to occur either. Um, so I think that's very interesting. The other thing is people that came to see the baby Jesus in the manger, um, I got thinking about this. And let's say it was the uh, three wise men that showed up. And they went in and saw Jesus. And they talked to uh, Mary and Joseph. Uh, and as soon as they walked out of whatever shelter that Jesus, the baby Jesus, was in, and then looked up into the sky, the nighttime sky, and looked at the universe, I, you know, the very baby, the individual baby that they were in there looking at, had made the whole universe, which when they walked out and looked up into the sky, that very baby made that. Now that's a mind-blowing thought if you think about it. And I'm sure they didn't really understand that, but we, we have, uh, because of um, betterment of a hindsight, we can then look at the baby Jesus and then go out and look at the sky and go, this baby made that because he was, he was God. And uh, he was there when the universe was made. And he helped make that. And it was like, wow, that kind of blows me away when I think about that. Um, so I, I just think it's uh, two issues over the Christmas holidays that we need to think about, you know. The other thing, too, is uh, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, think about what they did when this baby was born. They had to clean this baby. They had to change his diaper. They had to feed him. They had to do all these things here to this baby. And this baby made everything. So it's, it just kind of blows your, your wig off when you think about uh, who this baby is and that he really couldn't do. He was like a typical, you know, newborn baby that couldn't do anything for himself, but he actually made the whole universe, you know? So Mary here, Mary is having to change his diaper, having to feed him, having to do all these things for him until he got to a certain age. Uh, when that changed in Jesus's mind, when uh, it occurred to him who he was, you know what I'm saying? I'd like to know when that happened, uh, because it, it must have been quite a revelation to this human being, you know, realizing and coming to terms with that he was, he was God in the flesh. Uh, you know, so I, I just think those, some of those things are interesting questions to assimilate and to think about. And that's what I call when I talk about uh, Christian apologetics. Sometimes it's uh, peeling back the onion and talking about specific things that occurred, you know, that happened. Um, so what do you guys got to say about this? Yeah, there, there definitely is, um, you know, great value as Christians or anyone um, to look at, you know, the anticipation of Christ's birth and, you know, the, um, you know, the vision of it and, you know, the miraculous story at the manger and, you know, the priest... Um, you know, at the church that I go to, or, or I should say, 
Now that I think about it, I think it was actually the deacon. The the deacon at the church that I go to, he um, you know, he really appreciates uh what Emily and I are doing, or more I shared it through what I'm doing, and my wife Sue and my daughter Lana with um inclusion and accessibility accommodation and you know um you know respect and you know the the ministry of you know like a fair approach with people with disabilities and to to have that um acumen to you know to kind of say that um you know whether it's churches or faith space or a journey uh, with Christ is for everyone. Um, you know, he, uh, he brought out in a sermon that, um, you know, that really the, the manger, you know, setting and everybody involved that it was really, you know, with Mary and Joseph and everything and with the Magi that, um, you know, that it really was a scene of inclusion you know, the baby, you know, in the manger and, um, you know, and then the beginning of the, the life as a human story, you know, the journey beginning there. And then what Christ would then do later in his human life to, um, you know, perform miracles and, you know, help the, um, you know, the blind see and, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I guess, you know, with the Holy Family and, you know, with what we're trying to do in our lives, when you look at the journey of Christ as a person and, you know, what we celebrate right now that that we're looking at a baby and that baby, you know, is foretold to be our Savior, you know, that... Um, but yeah, it, it really is an empowering story of Christ, and and it's really eye-opening to humanity when you look at the different reactions, you know, to to the human person that that was Christ. And um, so, so I guess what I look at is some of what I think Christians. I don't know. I find it difficult to navigate in Christianity the balance between Christianity and Judaism, you know, and to look at the practices of Christ and, you know, how he worked, you know, his work, um, you know, to, you know, as a teacher and in terms of going out there and religious practice. You know, he he followed the teachings of the Jewish faith, you know, and so so I kind of look at it's kind of an interesting dichotomy to have, you know, Christianity born from the, the birth of Christ and that we have the Jewish faith out there. And then yet the journey of Christians end up being so um so divergent to the jewish faith you know i'm looking at when i look at um you know my journey with christ you know i find that if i learn some things once in a while about the jewish faith they're like say while we're celebrating Christ christmas the um our jewish friends celebrate hanukkah you know, it's just really, um, really an interesting vantage point to be sitting here and watch this go on around the world. And, and at least for me, in, in my journey, I'm thinking it must be out there a little bit more with other circles, other people in their faith journey. And so, so like you said, John, before we got on the show, you know, about questions. You know, I guess that'd be a question I have for you, John. How do you look at, you know, the simultaneous celebrations of Hanukkah and Christmas? And how do you see them fit together? And, and how do you see that they don't fit together? Well, how do you respond to that, John? Well, um, it's a complicated issue. 
Okay, especially for me. Um, because I look at the celebration of Christmas with Christ's birth. In reality, he probably wasn't born this time of year. In reality, he was born probably in the spring uh, when a lot of the sheep were needing to be sheared and stuff like that. And that's what they, they've always done. So we kind of usurp that. But I think about Christmas, and it originally started out to be like a pagan holiday. And then it infused with Christianity. So how do we deal with that? And especially when we're raising children, and do we really want them to believe in a Santa Claus when Jesus is a reason for the season? Uh, and I know that is expressed many times, but it really, um, have we lost sight of that? Um, we've lost sight of a lot of things in this culture especially in the last 10 years in many ways. And I think it has scared a lot of Christians, especially that this is not the same country that I was raised in. So how do we deal with that? And we got to look at, and one of the things that keeps coming back to my mind when all these things are happening um, is God still has is in control of all of it. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes it seems like the world is out of control and going crazy. Uh, but in reality, God knew this from the moment he, he started this universe functioning and put it into to, to use. Um, so that's how I look at that with, with Christians. So we've got to be very careful. And how do we celebrate his birth without getting too involved, like with Christmas trees and Christmas lights and gift giving and all this kind of thing. How do we bring the real reason back in the focus for ourselves and for our families? How do we do this? Um, so these are questions that we have to really dig deep into and look at and then consider what's going on here, what's happening. Because uh, I think Christians that live and grow up in the other part of the world, when they look at Christian Christians in the United States, they don't really worship God in the same way. So um, it's uh, so it's a strange question because they don't celebrate Christmas like we do, and with all the gift giving and things like that, uh, we look like a strange beast to them in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question or not, Kurt. Um, I just have always had a hard time with uh, um, Christianity really getting involved in and uh, worshiping Christ um, in this holiday season and seeing all this partying going on and all these shopping and all these things going on, and you don't hardly even hear anything about Christ anymore. Um, it, it's just a very strange thing. But it, it, it um, kind of tells a lot about our culture. So I think we have to really make sure we understand. Um, something else I wanted to bring up, a lot of people forget that Jesus and his family uh, traveled to Egypt, and that's really where he was born. So Jesus, in a lot of ways, is, a, is an Egyptian because he was born in Egypt. Um, so if you think about that, uh, talk about inclusion like Kurt was talking about a little bit. It really kind of brought the rest of the world in to, to be involved. And then when you brought in the, the wise men that came from all these other countries, that was like an inclusion of bringing these individuals in. Um, and the sheep and all these poor people that lived in a town that had a connection to Jesus and his parents right off the bat. I was also thinking about what it took to travel from uh, Israel to Egypt. These two teenagers, uh, Joseph was probably a couple years older. He's probably close to 
18, maybe a little bit younger, but Mary was probably 15. Think about that, 15 or 16. And these two traveled all these hundreds of miles uh, to the desert and all this country uh, all by themselves. You know, they didn't have anybody else. They didn't go on a big uh, caravan. They went by themselves. But when I say that by themselves, it's very obvious they had God in the flesh with them and that he was going to take care of them no matter what occurred. Um, and I think that's a, a great story for us uh, that we have God involved in our lives and, and he will take care of us no matter what occurs. You know, sometimes tough, bad things happen to us, and that, that's when we reach out. Um, I think that's another reason why God allowed bad things to happen to good people, because he's testing our faith. He, he's taking us to a place. Um, because many people would not reach out to God unless bad things happen to them. Um, when bad things are not happening to them, we don't need him. We can take care of everything ourselves. That's the uh, human mindset. Uh, so we don't need God until bad things happen. And then we can't do certain aspects of our lives anymore. So we have to reach out and ask God into our lives or to help us understand or to deal with what's going on. So I think uh, I share every step of the way on their journey. They were reaching out to God before Mary had the baby. And then when they finally ended up in the location that they were at, and they stayed there, no one knows for how long, but came back to Israel. And uh, that's where Jesus grew up. Then uh, Joseph was a carpenter. And then Jesus learned that trade. And so did his, his brothers. And so... Um, it's uh, his life is really interesting in a dichotomy. Uh, what occurred and how it happened. It's just, it just blows me away that God himself would make his presence known through a very poor family in a poor area of the world and not born into the Roman Empire or, or Egypt and people that had a lot of, a lot of stuff. He didn't. And uh, all the people he grew up with in his village and stuff like that didn't have a whole lot. But it shows you the humility of the God we serve, that he came into this situation. Uh, I think he came into, uh, born into Israel, the Messiah, at the most perfect time he could have been born. Um, the mere fact uh, that all the um, Sadducees and the Pharisees were putting all these rules and regulation on all the people um, and having them bow down and worship and uh, doing all these different uh, things, he came to stop that. Uh, he came to save us, first of all, um, but he also came to uh, ease the burden on us human beings. And by gosh, I'm just so glad that he did. I needed somebody to take this. That's off of my shoulders. Um, when it comes to doing things and uh, things are out my past and things, but we're all, we're all uh, guilty of the sin nature. Um, just shows up and, certain people more than it does others, but everybody is guilty. And I just, uh, I just praise that we have a God that we serve that is like that. Um, so then, did that answer your question, Kurt? Yeah, absolutely. I like how you um, spoke into it that, you know, we're hearing the story of faith with uh, Mary and Joseph that, um, you know, right from the beginning, you know, uh, right even prior to his birth, that 
it was all a calling, all on faith. And so if we look at the story of Mary and Joseph, you know, for ourselves, and then the uh, the role that, um, you know, Christ plays from the moment of his birth and, yeah, how it came into, you know, a very pivotal point in history and, um, you know, in terms of humanity and humility and, you know, just you know, a lot of the virtues and, you know, things that play right from the get-go that we can celebrate. You spoke a little bit to, you know, like I think the adage in life, you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So, you know, we can only figure that, you know, like with the holiday celebrations and the gift giving and, you know, for sure here in the U.S., we you know, we've got hyper consumerism. And, uh, you know, I think of since we're kind of crossing over to different parallels, getting beyond Christianity a little bit. um, You know, I think of uh, my wife and I and our daughter, we uh, have a social uh, event and activity, a a little bit of a tradition of our family um, to to just kind of round out a little bit what we do with friends. And it's following uh, the Seinfeld sitcom uh, from Jerry Seinfeld and with the strike episode and with the thing of Festivus. But one reason I bring this up is within this episode on TV with the sitcom, the character George Costanza, I'm sorry, Frank Costanza, Frank Costanza, the father, goes to buy a gift for his son. And this is a sitcom. So, you know, it's a... um, you know, an exemplification to laugh at. But um, Frank is going to buy his son a doll. And in the merchandising and in the store, that thing is like just barely within reach up at a top shelf. And, you know, through the chaos of it all, it's almost like a Black Friday. Frank is just going in there and he's going to, you know, Thank goodness there's one more left. And he goes and he's just got in his grasp. And then like a Black Friday shopper thing, all of a sudden it gets whisked away by another shopper. And so that too was to illustrate the hyper merchandising and, you know, just kind of doing all this stuff in the, you know, kind of saying Christmas celebration and Christmas preparation and all of that. And, you know, to your point, you know, the ex- excessive nature of it all is just really, you know, where we don't find it to be consistent with the story of the birth of Christ. So, so it's true. I think that, you know, the loss of focus on the scriptural aspects, going back to, you know, the Bible verses where the story is told to go right there to the original messages so important and um you know it probably happens a little bit but it's to your point probably not in any equity or balance you know with the other things that people just kind of coast through and then with our other jaws coffee chat show with the mental health awareness aspect um that many get way lost in that That, that's very you know ad it's an adverse um experience to worry about these gatherings, you know, like my shirt tell relative, Jory Prajinsky, founder of Hope Instilled, an oasis for those uh, living life through the experiences of chronic pain. And then people suffering from chronic pain in this holiday season, where it's like a Christmas party. And then, you know, there's many examples where somebody would love to commit and to know that they're going to be at the party. But it's so easy that medically speaking, all of a sudden something happens, you know, right at the moment of needing to go to that party, which by the way, you know, I'm going to be on here for a few more minutes and then I'm going to be switching gears and hopping off of here and going to a party for our Optimist Club. But yeah, how much is all of this really, um, you know, what the reason for the season is and really the purpose uh, we need to stay rooted is? I mean, sure. If it's fueling you and you can go in and it can fuel your joyousness and for sure, God wants us to be happy, you know, so if it works out that way, great. But to your point, John, I think you bring up a great point. Many of us who, 
have the fortune or the fashion that that works out and that's the best thing for us is to go party and whatever you know and have great food fair and you know friendship fellowship when people gather yeah it can be a great thing and it can be a great thing to add to our journey with christ but then for others you know suffering from depression or you know other things that just you know the goodness of fit is not there to rack up all these things on the you know christmas season calendar you know so then what are we doing to be there for those that really just need to maybe have a Bible study or just maybe need something a little bit more low key, you know, or a little bit less, um, you know, a little bit less to scale, you know, and just a little bit more of an intimate right. you know, connection. Right. Are we reaching out and doing that when people just need a one-to-one conversation, you know, at the time. So great point about watching out for the overzealous nature of, you know, the hype of Christmas and the commercialism and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, I liked what you said. Yeah. Um, and before you run away, uh, I like what you said about the Optimus Club. Um, everything is a matter of perspective. It really is. And what I was going to do is recommend people to watch a movie, and they probably heard about it, but it's called A Wonderful Life. Um, and I recommend watching the black and white version of it. We watch it every year as a family and then talk about it. What occurred to Joe Bailey in the movie um, is actually what they call middle knowledge. He was getting a perspective, uh, a perspective from God, what his life would have looked like uh, in a different way. And that's what exactly what occurred in that movie. And he was able to see uh, what his life or the world in that town was like with him not being born, because that's what he asked for. And then he made friends with a um, he made friends with an angel, Clarence, and then he went through the whole situation. But the the whole movie will give you a perspective that uh, God has. And not many human beings have that opportunity to live that. Um, Kurt, I'll let you go. Um, we'll see you uh, later, and I'll keep talking here for a while. Um, um, because I find this very interesting, and I find that movie very interesting in helping us to have a, um, a different perspective on on things in our life because things can be depressing. And that was part of what we were talking about in the podcast before this, when it came to mental health, because we know that a lot of people suffer from depression at Christmas and new years. It's this time of year of celebration. So that's kind of what we talked about, but, uh, so, uh, it kind of, um, drifted off into to this group here too. I like talking about a lot of things uh, when it comes to Christianity. There's things I would I need to know in my own heart. Um, like I had said before, I was a an atheist until I was 30, and uh, then I became a Christian. But there were still certain aspects of the Christian faith that I needed to deal with. I was very big in science. I still am. But uh, one of my gods of the of the world uh, was believing in evolution, and I finally came to the conclusion and joined a group. Um, um, uh, Hugh Ross is an astronomer, and he has an organization organization that that uh, talks about uh, different things, like the Big Bang. Um, I'm what they call a uh, old earther. I believe that the universe is 13.8 billion years old. Uh, uh, but I do not believe in evolution. And I joined this group local here, but it's all over the, um, the country. Uh, Reason to believe it's called. And uh, we talk about different things that have come up and happened because there are so many scientists out there. Uh, but uh, 
but there's a lot of Christians that believe that the universe uh, is only like uh, 9,000 years old. Uh, but we talk about uh, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, uh, that the universe was already here when God's uh, spirit was upon the deep. And then before the first day was created. Anyways, um, we believe that uh, the universe started at one specific point in time. Uh, we believe it was 13.8 billion years ago. If you go back in and look at uh, Genesis and you look at uh, uh, what what a day is, it's called Yom. It could be a 24-hour period. It could be a 12-hour period. Or it could be a very long length of time. Um, so, and if you look at certain other scriptures in all the Old Testament, it almost confirms that fact. But that this uh, conversation of uh, how old the earth is or the universe is kind of a in-house conversation with other Christians. Uh, it doesn't take away or uh, uh, just the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins and he showed up here 2,000 years ago in the flesh. So, And that's why we're talking about Christmas, of what occurred 2,000 years ago. It's a, it's a very powerful thing. Uh, the whole story of Jesus Christ and him showing up here and his and his life that he led is uh, people could not make that up. You could not make this these stories up. Just uh, amazing. Um, so that's what I was uh, talking about with George Bailey and it's a wonderful life. If you get a chance, sit down with people. It always makes cry at the end because of how his whole perspective from being uh, wanting to commit suicide, which he almost did, uh, to um, Clarence uh, connected with heaven, um, making it so he was never born. And then he got to see what occurred and all the bad things that were not there because George Bailey had contributed a lot that's something we forget too especially when we're depressed we forget how much we have contributed to not only our lives which that's pretty obvious but to the lives of many many people uh throughout the years um scourge was another one um you know we watched that last night the uh, old original Scrooge that was made in 1934 or something like that, how his whole perspective changed. And he had to go back in time, three different occasions, to see what had occurred and what happened to him, especially as a kid. And sometimes I have to think about what occurred, what happened to me when I was a child that that uh, I had didn't really ever deal with as a uh, kid, as an adult now, and I go to a 12-step program that uh, I sit down um, with a book with other men, and we go through this. So this might be a, a good time for you, you people out there, especially men, to think about getting involved in a 12-step program to a local church and then going through and uncovering, peeling back that onion of different things that have happened to you and what has caused you to think the way you do. Uh, I know with me and having my uh, anger issues throughout my life really stemmed from what occurred and what happened. Uh, so it has for a lot of people. Did something happen when you were being raised in a church? How about as an adult, uh, things that occurred that you have never really talked about, that that really pulled you away from? Uh, believing some of the most powerful uh, people that argue against Christianity are people that had went through something very bad in their lives. Uh, you know, an incident that occurred. So peel that back and go there. I had a number of uh, uh, things that occurred, but God kind of used that and brought me back when I was 30 years old. Um, and back to really uh, looking to him again 
And um, then when I accepted uh, God, I had to deal with uh, some other issues, uh, when I, especially when it came to evolution. Because in our lives, there can only be two ways that life came sprang forth uh, on this planet and in, in the universe, actually. And it's either God designed it and made it an intelligent designer or that it, it sprang from uh, a godless um, intelli um, an intelli an unintelligent, uh, unguided force that was out there um, that God was never involved. So there's only two ways that life could have come from. So... I had to deal with that, and I, I came to soon find out. I joined an organization that are uh, people that are involved in science and that are Christian, and um, we have conversations about this all the time. And I found since found out that there are a lot of scientists in the evolutionary uh, uh, genre or um, organizations that have come to have real heavy-duty questions about evolution. There's a, uh, a website with over 1,000 scientists that are involved in it now that said there are too many uh, unanswered questions with evolution that we no longer believe in evolution. Um, you know, evolution is very, very complex. And to this day, they have never brought life from non-life uh, in a laboratory anywhere on this planet. They have never come up with the platform to be able to do that. And they ask that question all over the planet every year when these scientists get together. And they've never been able to answer it. Life does not come from non-life and they have not been able to figure out how that, if they believe in evolution, how that occurred. You know, they have all these ideas about after life has started uh, and how it supposedly evolves from one one source to the next. And the first thing you have to remember is that uh, there's two types of evolution. One is called macroevolution uh, and one's called microevolution. And microevolution is certain things within a species or animal will change into something else, like a bird's beak will shorten up uh, because of the habitat it lives in. But they have no way of explaining macroevolution, which is life changing from one species to another species. They've never been able to do that. So when they say it's a done deal, it's far from a done deal. But anyways, I want to get back into the reason for the season because we're going to be ending here soon. But I just want to talk about Jesus Christ, um, and what occurred to me in my life. Um, like I said, I was 30 years old, um, and God put some heavy-duty things on me, and I ended up going to, uh, I got a divorce from my wife and went on the road. I ended up in Oregon going to uh, a church up there, the Applegate Community Church, um, middle of nowhere, there was hundreds of people in this church. And I went on a Wednesday, which is a Bible study and also a Sunday. But I remember sitting there and listening to the preacher talk. And he talked about Jesus Christ and the Bible. I was raised a Catholic. So when I heard him talking about this, my question was, who is he talking about? I've never heard of this before, even though I kind of knew who Jesus was. So uh, I felt like he was talking directly to me. He was directing all these uh, questions and answers and stuff. And for the length of time that I spent in Oregon, um, I eventually went back to Illinois where I had grown up. But my wife and my kids were in uh, the Phoenix area. They were living in Tempe, Arizona at the time. And um, I eventually... To Illinois and told a number of people what had happened to me and I became a Christian 
and I went back uh, to, to Phoenix and the Lord put our family back together. Um, and to this day, I have three sons and uh, seven grandchildren and they're all believers in Jesus Christ. I sometimes think about uh, my middle son just got married a month ago and it was a very Christ-oriented service. And um, I just at the, at the wedding itself, I just looked at my whole family and I praise God for doing this miracle in our lives. Um, unbeknownst to me, because if it was just on me and my merits, they would jettison Christianity altogether. <clears throat> but they didn't. They have a love for Jesus today, and I, I don't understand why. But I remember. Um, so that is a kind of Christ talk. Um, I was an atheist uh, and a kind of a very mean one at one time, and I went to, um, you know, programs and organizations that were speaking bad things about Christians and Christianity. And then I became one and I lost a lot of friends in the process. But all told, with all of it, uh, when I went back to Chicago, Illinois first, I uh, brought a friend of mine and his wife to Christianity. Then I came back to Arizona and I was able to witness to my family and they all became Christian uh, and then through the years um, a lot of other people that I spoke to became Christians and I I have pretty really have a Christian worldview now uh, whereas before I had an atheistic worldview and I didn't even know if I think back and look at it I uh, it, uh, my atheistic worldview which is what it seems like our country and our culture is becoming more and more of. And it scares me a little bit because I was there and I saw that 40 years ago, you know, and uh, now we're here again. And that's like, but again, like I talked to Southern to Kirk, um, uh, God knew this all beforehand. So there's no reason to really get scared that God, before the foundations of the earth, the world, that this was all supposed to play out like it, like it is playing out in our lives today. So um, come back to this uh, group here. I'm going to invite you to Christ Talk. We invite people to come in here. And if you have hard questions, questions that you would like to have answered, I, I request that you come and show up. We, After the first of the year, we'll be getting get together once a week on Mondays, Mondays afternoons, early evening, wherever, depending where you're located. And we'll talk about your question. And if I don't have an answer for it, or Jennifer doesn't, or Kurt doesn't, or Emily doesn't have an answer for it, we will then think about it and then come back the next week and talk about it. Um, I'll bring up uh, an, a connection to my apologetic website, and there's a lot of questions in there that you might that might help you to answer certain things in your life. Um, so I know, um, come back, come back and check us out and talk with us, and we'll see you in the new year. Happy New Year and a happy Christmas. Okay, I'm going to, um, uh, first of all, uh, say that there on Saturday, December 17th, there is a mutual aid solidarity summit with a karaoke party uh, right after, so from 2 to 4 central is the summit, and then 4 o'clock central is the karaoke party. Um, please you can get a hold of me. Um, at e m g i o e m i l y g o l l m e r at ipod.com. Also, um, the Happy Neighborhood Project, um, the International Day of Happiness, the official 
International Day of Happiness is March 20th, 2023. However, the Happy Neighborhood Project is having celebrating it on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Um, their goods are $20 right now, but will go up starting January 1st, $30. Encourage everybody to get ticket ASAP. It lasts from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific or noon to 6 Eastern um, with uh, speed networking. Um, to, to speakers, um, prizes, and so on. Encourage everybody to come to that. And so you can get a hold of us about that as well. Uh, I would like to thank uh, John and Kurt for being on here today, uh, as well as for anybody who has tuned in. Um, our next Christ Talk is going to be on January 2nd, 2023. Um, so, do you have to come back then and tune in? And to remind everybody to subscribe to our channels, uh, like, share, comment, interact with our social media, um, and check out our website at jensbooksandmore.com. That is www.jensbooksmart.com. Uh, that's J-E-N-N-S, booksandmart.com. Um, so until next time, wish you a productive and enjoyable week and have a um, great holiday and new year. So as uh, healthy and stay happy. Okay, Brett. Have a happy.